Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Hello, Lori King-Taylor. Hello, Lori Gorell. How are you today? I am fantastic. And how are you? I am doing quite well. Thank you so much for asking. You are welcome. And sometimes I'm like, maybe we should have recorded ourselves so people can see your pretty good, awesome self. Oh, please. (laughs) Yeah. They can see that smile and that giggle. But regardless, here we are. And I'm excited to talk to you today. This is a topic near and dear to my heart. And we're going to have a conversation about leaders as coach. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about it. I don't think that often as leaders, we understand that whole coaching side to leadership. We think of leadership more as the dictator type. I think a lot of people who say that they coach don't necessarily realize that coaching is not being a telling position, a a dictator position. It's not. And so there's this whole idea around coaching and what coaching actually is. So why don't we start by talking about what is it that we actually mean when we say the leader as a coach? Indeed. So if we pick that apart, and say, okay, let's start with leader. And leaders are often that visionary. And they also, as most of our podcasts talk about behaviors that they exhibit that people want to follow. They demonstrate the vision. They make it a path that people can see they want to follow. And that's very different than managing or coaching. It is. So when we think, when you think about that visionary, that person that people choose to follow and that, and I say that a lot when I'm talking to people about leaders is that a leader doesn't necessarily have to be in a position of leadership. A leader is someone who people choose to follow for one reason or another. I think today we'll talk both about the leader, but also about a person in position of leadership, because I think a person in position of leadership most definitely needs to be a coach for their team. And when I think about, you know me, I'm a sports addict. I love sports. God blessed me with all boys because he knew that I needed to be entertained on a regular basis with some kind of sports activity. So my household, we do everything from football to baseball, to soccer, to, you know, football, you know, I think I said football. I'll say football again, basketball, we've kind of run the gamut. And I think about what the the coach's responsibility is on that sports team. So the coach really is the leader of the team. But so often that coach is in the background, right? Who do you hear about when you turn on the news and they're talking about the latest game? You hear about your star players. You don't always hear about the coach. Now you'll hear about the coach, especially if they have a tirade or, you know, do something that they might have to pay a fine. If they do something, they might not should have done, but that coach is really in that background. 
And what that coach is doing is they're able to see the whole picture. They're really able to step back and look. The players are doing their individual positions, but the coach is stepping back and it's looking at the team as a whole and being able to identify who is going to do really well at what positions. They're able to analyze the strengths and the weaknesses that each person brings to that team and spread that out and be able to put people where they need to be for the whole team to be successful and accomplish that vision that you just talked about. And when the leader is being a coach, it brings them into being action oriented with that team. Exactly. It does. Cause that coach is interacting with them on a regular basis. The coach is just not standing back. I, I remember one time my son was on a basketball team and you never saw the coach move. He was sat on the stool and just let the players do their thing. And of course they lost a whole lot of games. Yeah. I'm wondering how this is going to play out. Okay. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) But there was not that regular interaction that they have. And it reminded me a lot of, you know, our leaders. I am not a fan of the once a year performance review. I think that once a year performance review, if you save all your information for that once a year performance review, You've lost the season, right? So if the coach doesn't work with his players all through the season and make adjustments all through the season, they're going to lose. And at the end, you know, they're going to say, well, we had a crappy season because you didn't do A, B, C, or D. Well, why didn't you tell me that when we were in the game? That is a fantastic example. And a good coach, a leader being coach on with their team is going to be giving that feedback all the way through. They're going to be helping people see when something didn't work, uh, having the the person or the player, the employee look at why didn't it work, being a part of the solution, not just a pointing the finger. Right, exactly. And, And bringing those people together. So the skills that a leader needs to be a really good coach is, is one, they need to have that vision, right? They need to see that big picture and they, they need to understand their team members. And I know you and I talk about that a lot on our podcast and understanding the personality styles of the people that you work with and, and getting to know the people that you work with, what their strengths and weaknesses are so that you know what position they'll be best at on the team. Yeah, because from that vantage point, they can identify gaps and help them find ways to to close the gap or to move the player. Um, So that vantage point of seeing the big picture is, is really an important skill. It is. And I think another really important skill that we don't often think about is that leader as coach needs to be a good listener. You're not dictating and telling people what to do constantly. You're stepping back and listening to what is actually going on because the football player or the basketball player, they're in the trenches, right? They're seeing things at a different vantage point than the coach is seeing because the coach is on the sidelines and they're going to see a bigger picture. But on a basketball court, that person is up in each other's business, right? They're seeing a whole different vantage point. So you have to be able to listen to what is going on with the players and what's going on with your people. And, and listening is, is its whole own topic. But one thing about listening is being an active listener. 
I think good leaders as coaches are active listeners and they're not thinking about the next thing they're going to say. They're they're pretty curious about. So what I hear you saying is this. And when somebody hears that come back, it's like, wow, they were listening to me. Yeah. Well, and and I- even if even if the listener didn't get it quite right, and they're like, no, no, what I said was. And so a dialogue can happen. And that is pretty magical listening. It is, it is so magical. And you know, communication doesn't actually happen until you can recite what that other person said in a way that they're like, that's exactly what I meant. But I love the other word that you said when you were just talking there is a good leader as coach needs to be curious. Indeed, because I find that to be one of my best skills as a coach is being curious about either what someone is saying or a scenario that they're experiencing. And when you can be curious about something without judgment, right? So much more can emerge. It it becomes a a bigger, richer picture. Yeah. And I think with that curiosity comes that next skill set for the leaders coach, which is questioning. So asking those questions, you know, the, what, the, when, the, where questions, you know, how do you see this playing out? You know, what were you feeling at the time? What, what did you see going on? But staying away from those why questions, because why will put people in a defensive mode? Why did you do that? Will make me very defensive versus what were you seeing? What were you feeling at the time that caused you to make the decision that you did? So I think about a coach, you know, let's take baseball. Now you see all the time where games stop because the pitcher isn't throwing strikes. The pitcher is throwing balls or they're throwing it in a way that it's just getting lopped out in the field and base runs and home runs are happening. That coach is going on to the field and being able to say to the pitcher, you know, what are you feeling? What are you seeing? You know, what was it that made you throw that curveball versus that fastball? But also bringing other people in, bringing that catcher in who's looking from the outside as well and being able to say, what are you seeing? And so I think that really brings to light uh, a skill to, to mention is being an observer. Yes. Right. So which is different than listening or questioning or just being curious to to be a great observer of what's going on. So you can ask the right questions so you can listen to that response. But that observation skill and again, taking off the lens of of judgment, right, when you're observing, you might saw, saw that it didn't work, but maybe there was a reason they tried something else. And so my side note, sense of curiosity, when you were talking about the different kind of pitches, and I'm like, well, what is the difference between those pitches? Because I know so very little about (laughs) sports. So my curious nature wanted to take me on a bunny trail about your sports analogy, but alas, we will come back to leader as coach. I'll send you some great YouTube videos on the difference between the fastball and a curveball. Uh-huh. As long as they, they are not long videos. Yeah. It, like you'll, <laughs> you'll even watch them. You could care less. Right. So one of the other things that when I'm working with clients who might be going through a situation where they kind of feel stuck and they don't know how to move forward. A lot of times I'll ask them the question, if you had a magic wand, what would you do? 
Because I think so often we get stuck in our box of, I can't do this because, and, and we're just kind of stuck in those. So as a coach, you're like, okay, let's take, come out of the box. Let's take the handcuffs off. If you had a magic wand, what would you do? And then work from that point. So I think we allow our people to think outside the box. We allow our people to express ideas and solutions that may not be what we would naturally consider the most appropriate at that time. I think most of the time when they're stuck, they'll they'll have some really interesting scarcity conversation. I don't have time. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough money. So I ask a similar to your magic wand question, if time, money, and energy weren't factors, what would you do? Yes. Because more often than not, they're excuses or their stuckness is going to fall into to one of those. So, you know, it's just a different spin on the magical magic wand question. Well, and it gives your people permission to think bigger. I think so many people don't think bigger because, well, we don't have the budget for that, or the boss would never approve that, or we've never done that before. And by asking that question either way really gives them permission to be able to think bigger. And I think when we think bigger, we're able to come up with better ideas. Absolutely. And it might not be the grandest vision that they had, but if they're thinking very grandly, a lot of really great stuff can emerge from that, that can be very doable. If maybe even the bigger picture, the the fantastical picture, but if not, there's often some really great pieces that can be employed. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's the same as doing brainstorming, you know, come up with all the off the wall ideas, but those ideas lead to something that you can actually do. So I think that's wonderful. So let's talk about, and we've kind of alluded to a couple of things, but what is coaching not? I love this one. Coaching to me is not telling. It's not telling someone what to do. I can't tell you how many times I've had clients in my office that say, tell me what to do. Yeah. They want, they want us to come up with their solutions. I'm not going to tell you what to do. For one, when you tell someone what to do, you kind of dictate, it feels like you're dictating to them and people might move forward with your ideas if you tell them what to do next, but they don't always go in with buy-in. They don't always go in wholeheartedly on that. And they're just kind of connecting the next dot. Well, essentially when you are telling, you're more in the position of managing and managers are often in the position to tell someone what to do, but that is not the position of a coach. It's not, we really want to get them their perspective, again, that sports analogy, they're in the game. So we really want their perspective. And because of what they're seeing and their perspective and their position, they're going to see things that the leader may not be seeing. But we also give them, by not dictating, we want to lead them to their own solutions, right? So asking those questions and being able to guide them into coming up with their very own solutions is going to broaden their confidence because it's their idea. They actually came up with the idea. So 
their confidence level is going to go up. It's going to build skill development for them when they're able to do that. Yeah. Critical thinking, problem solving, when they are asked for their solution, what what do they see is the next step? And I also see coaching is not judging, right? Well, that's not- the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> We coaching, when you step back to be a coach, sometimes you really have to consciously put on a different hat and not judge someone, not see them as broken and needing fixed. Because I know if somebody is viewing me as broken and needing fixed, it takes me down, not up. Exactly. So seeing that, you know, I know you have it in you to to work through this to come up with this next step and i think it is and very empowering for people to be seen through that lens i agree and i think a lot of times when i am coaching with clients who are not there on their own accord but they're there because they were sent to me because they needed coaching one of the first things i say to them is this is not you haven't been sent to detention this isn't a punishment this is actually career development for you They are actually investing in you as a person instead of just putting you aside or downgrading your position or whatever. They're actually investing in you. And I think when the leader has coaching sessions, maybe they have an employee that they are choosing to coach because there is a deficiency somewhere. They need to make sure that person knows that this isn't a negative. This is because I'm investing in you. This is because I want to see you grow. This is, I see things in you. And I think it's important for us as coaches to give that encouragement to our people. You know, going back to my sports analogy, you'll have people, players that will freeze. You know, they get in their heads is what we talk about them getting in their heads. And once they get in their head, they can't hit that ball or they can't make the the throw in basketball. They are all up in their heads. And it's the coach's responsibility to help them get out of their head. You can do this. You're an excellent player. And then kind of coach them through to be able to do what they know that they're able to do. Right. And those analogies, right, that is coaching rather than seeing that person who is in their head. They can't make the shot. They can't hit the ball that as, oh my gosh, they're awful. They've got to go. That's not what a coach does, right? The coach is seeing, yes, I see your potential. Let's work through this. Let's help you get out of your head. Right. And the coach is going to build trust with their people. And I think when you are letting your folks know, hey, I I see good things in you and I am here for your development and your career potential, then that trust, that relationship is really going to build within that. So while we're talking about that, why don't we talk about what some of the benefits are to the team when that leader is a coach? And I I see trust, trust is a huge benefit for a leader as coach, because trust is going to build when that leader creates that safe space, that it's okay to have differing opinions and different ideas And the team is going to be much richer, much more effective. It is. And they have a good leader coach. Absolutely. And think about when you have that trust that I can go in and not be berated because something didn't go right. I'm more likely to come to you and say, Hey, Lori, I screwed up. This happened and 
this is what the results were. And I don't know what happened. Help walk me through this. And so they're more likely to come to you and talk to you about things when they have that trust with you. And you're asking them questions and getting them to think bigger is demonstrating you have trust in, hey, how are you going to solve this issue? Right. And another benefit would be the the stronger bonds that are created when your leader can also be your coach. Yeah. And you know, the coach, if you, if you, we go back to my, my sports analogy, the, the strongest teams, the, the winning teams, they tend to have those strong bonds with the players, right? And the coach is the one that kind of develops those strong bonds with the team. And when we are demonstrating what it is to be a coach, then we're giving them a skill set that they can use with each other as well. So they're not berating each other. They're helping each other get out of their heads. They're helping ask questions because you're demonstrating how to ask questions. And then in return with their team members, they're asking questions. Oh, you can do this, bud. Well, let's talk this through. What's, you know, if you had a magic wand, what would you do? You know, if, if there were no obstacles, what do you think you could do to solve this issue? And then you'll see that going on within the team. Yeah. And a lot more diverse ideas are likely to emerge through those discussions where when the team is talking to each other in that way, and they're, they're coaching each other and supporting each other, it's all going to lead to better results. It is. So it's not about the me, right? It's not about taking, I want to be the ball hog is what we call it. I want to be the ball hog. I don't want to give, I don't want to pass the ball. I'm going to take the ball all the time. Well, that coach when you have that team dynamic going on, they are tossing the ball and they're working together as a unit rather than, or working on an individual basis. I love talking about leader as coach. And I hope this inspires some of our listeners to, to dig in a little bit more and see how, how can they use what they've been learning, whether they're listening to our podcast or they have their coach supporting them to be a more effective leader to really get down into coaching instead of managing in the appropriate situations, because it, it does open things up so much more than just managing. So managing needs to happen. The leader might not always be the manager, but really seeing where can I step in and help my team and coach them to their greatness. Absolutely. So do you think that we are ready for our three practical solutions for extraordinary leadership coaching? I do. I do indeed. I see the first one as an effective leader as coach asks questions instead of providing answers. And I see the second one as that leader as coach really supports their employees, their team members, instead of judging them. And third, a good leader as coach will facilitate their employees, their team's development, instead of dictating what has to be done. Well, Lori, it has been another great day talking with you. And I am going to look forward to next week when we get back together. Until then. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites, 
For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit upwardsolutionscc.com. Until next week.